right. Hi, everybody. I'm Kristen. I'm here with Alex. Hi, Kristen. Grateful to be here. Thank you for asking me to speak. Um, I want to welcome everybody who's new. I want to welcome you if you're coming back from a relapse. I want to welcome you if you don't want to be here. And I want to welcome you if you feel super uncomfortable and like you're sitting here and you don't want to be sitting here because I get it. You know, um, I've definitely been there a couple different times and um, I'm grateful that I don't have to feel that way today, you know, and that I can come to these meetings willingly because I want to, because I found my solution in these rooms through being introduced to the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12 step process. And through that, I was introduced to a higher power of my own understanding. Um, and I can sit here and just be present, you know, um, and just feel comfortable, you know? So I hope that gives you a little bit of hope because if you decide to, you know, just try this thing, you have the opportunity to experience that too. Um, so I'm going to share with you guys a little bit of um, what I was like, what happened, and what I'm like now. Um, I was a mess. I was a mess. I was absolute nuts. You know what I mean? Um, I was super dishonest. I was really manipulative. Um, I was extremely selfish and self-seeking, you know, um, and I was afraid. I was so terrified of everything, everyone, and even myself you know, um, and that all those things manifested in my life in, in different ways. Um, but, you know, I can get into it a little bit. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on like, you know, my drug log. Like I started using when I was 12, I stopped using when I was 22, the first time. Um, and, you know, it just escalated. Um, I didn't understand what made me an addict at that time. I wasn't ready to admit it. All I knew was that um, everybody in the world was out to get me. The law was out to get me. Um, you know, my family were pieces of shit. Like, all my friends were pieces of shit. And, like, I was fine, you know, is, like, really what I thought. And, um you know, I didn't understand this physical allergy, right? Like the phenomenon of craving. I didn't understand the mental obsession. I didn't understand the spiritual malady. Like for the longest time, um, when I first came into treatment, I thought that what made me an addict was all the external consequences that happened to me as a result of my using, right? Because I was constantly going to jail because I was on probation for five years because, you know, I stole from other people because I was constantly overdosing um, because I dropped out of school. You know what I mean? Like I thought that's what made me an addict. Um, and so, you know, I think it's pretty easy to say that for most of us, we start with one thing and it escalates, you know, we go through everything until for me, it ended with, um, you know, constantly sticking a needle and wherever I had a vein left just to get through the day. You know, it wasn't even about getting high anymore. It was just about being able to get through the day. Um, and it was miserable. Um, and what happened was, you know, after like being sick and tired of constantly going to jail and like having to kick and detox in jail, it's not out, it's not like out here. I'm from um, North Carolina. Out here, they give you subutex in jail. I, I didn't get shit, I didn't even get Tylenol, you know what I mean? So, um, 
I'm sick and tired of kicking in jail. And I'm sick and tired of, you know, having to do various different things that denied my self-respect um, and my self-worth in order to get money. Um, I'm sick and tired of stealing from people. I'm sick and tired of not being allowed in my mom's house or like any of my family's house because they knew that like I was going to wipe them out if I was there. Um, and I was just sick and tired of feeling the way I was feeling, you know, um, like Katie said, I could relate. Like I couldn't even look myself in the mirror anymore because I didn't know who was staring back at me. Um, and so, you know, I, where I was at in this moment in my life, when I decided to, to seek help, when I had that moment of clarity, if you will, I was living um, in this guy's house where we had this quid pro quo relationship of I gave him what he wanted. He supplied me with my drugs. Um, and how that worked was he would only give me the amount that he wanted me to have, right? But it wasn't the amount that I needed or I wanted, right? Um, so like I would leave and throughout the day and go find various different ways of, of getting more. And um, I was sick of it. You know what I mean? I was sick of being controlled by this guy just to get loaded. I was sick of like having to do what I needed to do throughout the day to get loaded. And I was sitting there one night about to go to bed. And um, I remembered, I think it was after like the fourth or fifth time I OD'd, um, I had gotten home from the hospital and I showed up at my mom's house and she didn't yell at me. She didn't, you know, degrade me. All she said was, Kristen, something is keeping you alive. Um, and I don't know what the fuck it is, but obviously you have a purpose. And when you're ready to find out that purpose, give me a call. I'm here to help. Um, and I remembered that, you know, and that was like two years prior. Um, but sitting in that guy's house that night, I remembered that and I called my mom the next morning and this is how fucked up I was. I made a deal with her. I was like, if you buy me two grams of dope and a pack of all new clean syringes and you let me get high in your house until, um, I can get on that plane to go to treatment, I'll come home. And you know what? She agreed to it. And like, um, my mom probably did her best in saving my life that night. You know what I mean? Um, because I don't know that I would have went home and, and gotten out here if she hadn't agreed to that fucked up, like expect stipulation that I gave her, if you will, you know? Um, so I got out here and I um, came to treatment and this was about seven and a half years ago. And, um, you know, I didn't want to be here. I didn't want to work a 12 step program. I didn't think I needed to. Um, I didn't want what, anybody in here had it first. I just thought that I needed to get off the drugs and rehab was going to do that for me. And I was going to be able to go home and live life normally, you know, and, um, somewhere along the way, I started seeing other women in my treatment center, um, who were actively working the steps and had sponsors, you know, and I was able to see how their lives were changing, you know, and like how their just demeanor was changing. Like their eyes were starting to light up. They were way happier. They weren't reacting to things like external things like they were when they had first got there, you know, and they were happier. And I was still fucking miserable. I was still like reacting. I was breaking all the rules. I was sneaking guys into my rehab. I was sneaking out of my rehab. Um, I was just still doing um, a lot of like dishonest and manipulative things, right? And so, um, 
I remember I was at a Friday night meeting for another fellowship. And for some reason that night, I looked around the room and I saw all these people in the room and they were laughing and they were happy and they were talking about what their lives used to be like, what they used to be like, and like what their lives were like now, you know? And like, for some reason that night, I heard that and I seen that, you know? And, and I wanted that. I wanted to be happy. I wanted to be able to laugh. I wanted my life back. You know what I mean? Um, and so I, I was willing to give it a shot. You know, I got a sponsor. She took me through the steps. My life changed drastically. Um, it took me a year to work my steps the first time. And, um, you know, after I completed the 12th step, I was able to reflect back on that year and see how much I had changed through that process, you know, and I had that like spiritual experience, if you will, right? Like, I, in that moment, I realized that something greater than me was real or like was working in my life because I had tried for so long to change myself and my life to no avail, right? Like self-reliance constantly fails me. I fuck shit up even worse. And, um, just by trusting other people and trusting this process, my life changed and like, it blew my mind. Right. And um, unfortunately, at that time, you know, um, I had heard a lot of things that were said in the room, you know, um, and I took those things as truth um, and I didn't, and not that there's not some truth to them, but um, I didn't really continue digging into the work and growing spiritually, you know, so the whole meeting makers make it um, you know, call your sponsor and do what your exactly what your sponsor says, you know, and like the sponsor I had at the time was directing and controlling my life. She was telling me what to do. She wasn't telling me to take it to God, you know? Um, and so what that did for me was that created more reliance on human power. And what the book tells me is that, um, I'm beyond human power, right? Like I need and, and to come into contact. Um, and so, you know, I, I quit working my steps. Um, I wasn't relying on God like I should have been. I don't think I ever did a 10 or 11 for the first four years and 11 months that I was sober the first time um, before I took a drink, you know? And um, I started putting all these things that spirit had given back to me in front of my program of recovery and in front of spirit, you know, and, and what happened was, um, I got really miserable. I got really miserable. Um, I, you know, all my personal relationships were a mess. Um, nobody wanted to be around me. My own roommate didn't want to be around me. Um, I was stressed out. I was depressed. I was completely in fear again. And like, I don't know, um, if there's people in this room who, who have had some time and uh, been physically sober, but been absolutely miserable after having worked the steps. Um, and it sucks. You know what I mean? It fucking sucks. Um, and I didn't know at the time that what I was experiencing was the spiritual malady because I didn't have a sponsor who, who took me through the book and like pointed all that information out to me to where I was able to identify it myself. Um, and so I drank again at four years and 11 months sober, I drank again. Um, and then at this time I, I was going through college again and 
I waited for what? Another six months until I graduated college. Didn't pick up a drink during that six months, but right when I graduated, I was off and running. And, um, you know, I was drinking and like dabbling in various little drugs for two months before I got arrested again, immediately. Um, and thank God for that, dude, you know, thank God, because it got my butt right back into these rooms. You know what I mean? And, and when I came in here this time, um, I knew, I knew exactly what it was. Um, I still had the ability of getting honest with myself. I still had some sort of faint connection with something greater than me. Um, because spirit never leaves me, right? Like I turn away from spirit. That's how it works. Um, and so, you know, I, I had like, you know, still like certain intuitive thoughts. And um, I knew that I wasn't being God reliant the first time, you know what I mean? And so I, I came in this time and I found a sponsor who um, I could tell was really God reliant. And that's what I wanted, you know, because that's what this process is really about. It's about my sponsor taking my hand, guiding me through the 12 steps and placing my hand in spirit's hand, right? Um, and teaching me along the way how to be increasingly become more God reliant and like increasingly start leaning into faith. Um, and so, you know, I got right back into the work, you know, I went back through step one. Um, he broke down to me the physical allergy, the mental obsession and the spiritual malady, you know what I mean? And I have enough life experience with drugs and alcohol and what my life looks like when I'm in that space that like, it was completely evident to me that I suffer from the physical allergy because when I pick up, I cannot stop. You know, I remember um, before I ever tried to get sober, I was trying to get sober on my own power. And um, I, I went into the woods and I threw all my syringes. I like dug a hole, it was raining outside. I, I dug a hole in the mud. I threw all my syringes in there. I covered it up and I walked back to my house, you know, honestly, like with a firm resolution never to use again, you know, and like, I honestly meant it. Um, I did not want to use again. And it wasn't 30 minutes later until I was out there digging up that hole, taking my, yeah, taking my syringes back into the house and rinsing the mud and dirt out of them because I just needed to get loaded again. You know what I mean? Um, and I didn't understand what was happening at that time. I thought I was weak, you know, no, I suffer from a physical allergy that, um, manifests in this phenomenon of craving that like, I just can't stop no matter how much I want to, you know? Um, and then he broke down the mental obsession to me, you know, and that like my, my disease centers in my mind. And, and I was able to relate to that because it explained to me why all these times I got physically sober, I couldn't stay sober on my own power, you know, because I obsess about getting high all the fucking time and thinking that like this time it's going to be different. This time I can control it. This time, if I just drink, I'm not going to shoot heroin. This time, if I just, you know, pop some Xanax, I'm not going to get arrested. Whatever the case may be, I can come up with a million different you know, ways of taking it in my mind, because that's how my mental obsession works. Um, and I understood why after every time I got out of jail for whatever time stent it was at that time, I got loaded again. You know, I had been physically sober for three months. The phenomenon of craving wasn't there. I was stopped. So why did I get loaded? Because I have this fucking mental obsession, right? And this spiritual malady. Um, 
and then, you know, he, he, we went through the spiritual malady and how it was manifesting in my life at that time. And like super evident again, my life's fucking unmanageable on my own power and running on my own self-will. My life is unmanageable. Um, and so we went through step two and, you know, did I believe that God could restore me to sanity? No, not fully, but I had seen, you know, other people in the rooms where it had worked for. So I was just, you know, I was super willing. I didn't care. I was so hopeless that I was willing, you know, and I'd had this thing before. So I, you know, I knew it would work. Um, I just didn't know if it was going to be different this time. Um, but I didn't care. I was willing to find out, you know, so he took me to step three, um, made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand him, right? Not as any of you guys understand him, not as your parents understand him, not as the world teaches you to understand him, how you understand him, right? Um, and for me at that moment, that third step decision was just to complete four through nine all the way. So that means make all my amends that I don't wanna make, You know, do that inventory, work on my character defects, that's what it meant for me. That was my third step decision. You know, just trust the process, just do it. Um, and so we went through, you know, I went through four. Um, I got to list on paper, you know, all these things that were blocking me from power, that were blocking me from myself and that were blocking me from connecting with other people. You know, um, I got to go through my fears. I got to go through my um, relationship, sex, sexual and non-sexual, we did both. Um, and then I got to read it to him, you know, and then I got to go give it to God. Um, and that was extremely freeing for me. You know what I mean? I hear a lot of people who come in here and they're so terrified of doing the fourth step. I don't know why you guys stop on the fourth. Cause if you ever look at nine, that's the one that you should really be terrified about like straight up. Um, yeah who wants to go directly to people that they fucked over and apologize? Not me. Like I have no problem telling you, like writing down on paper, how fucked up of a person I am. Cause I'm aware of that. And I have no problem telling you that to you because like I have shown it enough to the world already, you know? Um, so it's like, you know, I found a lot of freedom in that. I, I got the opportunity to like, really realized some of my character defects, really realized how um, a lot of my fears lead into some delusional thinking that I have. And then this delusional thinking starts leading into these selfish attitudes that I have. And these selfish attitudes lead into like self-seeking behaviors, right? And um, I act out in crazy ways, right? Um, they're a little more subtle today like I may just like roll my eyes at you today or, you know, I don't know. They're really subtle. It's not as apparent as it was when I first got here. Um, but it was, it was huge that I figured these things out about me, right? Like I got armed with some facts about myself. And so, you know, that gave me my list of character defects. I went through my character defects, turned them over to God. Um, and I don't know. The first time I did a six step, my sponsor would always tell me, oh, put, make a list of character defects. Choose one you want to work on that day. Go work on it. That's not really how it works. Like, I don't have the power to remove my own character defects. That's not what the book says. It says that I give it to God and God will remove it when he sees fit for it to be removed from me. Right. Um, 
and a lot of it's been removed from me. Um, there's still some stuff that's there, but I trust that like, it's still there for a reason. Um, and I trust that when he, she, it is ready for it to be removed, it'll be removed, you know, cause I've already had enough of them removed as it is. Um, so we went through eight, I made a list, went through nine, I made direct amends. How, how the amends looked for me um, was, you know, I made my list, I went to my sponsor, we went over it, he told me the ones that he felt like I shouldn't make because they were gonna do more harm than good. Um, but then he told me to take it to God. So I take it to God, you know, and I sit in prayer and meditation with these individual amends and if I get an intuitive thought from God to make that amends, I took it back to my sponsor. I let him know, hey, for some reason, I just feel like I should really make this amends. And he tells me, okay, go make it. You know, And what that taught me was how to not rely on human power and how to rely on this, on this God consciousness that I'm developing. You know what I mean? Um, my sponsor doesn't try to direct and control my life. And I love that. I absolutely love that because what it forces me to do is to continue growing spiritually, which is super uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Um, but it's so necessary for me. Um, and so then we went through 10, 11 and 12, you know what I mean? And, and there, uh, people do this differently too. Um, 10 for me, you know, it's, it's my constant awareness throughout the day when, when selfishness, uh, self-seeking, fear and resentment and anger, anger, fear, resentment, and selfish. Yeah. Pop up. I notice it. I give it to God. And then I turn to someone I can help. You know what I mean? Um, and then I continue seeking God through prayer and meditation. You know, I have my, my morning reflection where I, I sit down, I do my morning stuff. Um, I pray, I meditate before I go to bed at night. I have my nightly review that I do. Right. Um, and then 12, I, I work with other women, you know, um, I show up at these meetings and I'm of service by, by sharing my story or just, you know, by, by sharing openly in a meeting, you know, to carry the message to the addict who still suffers. Um, and as a result of that, what I'm like today, you know, I'm honest, like I'm able to be 92, I'll give myself 92, 93% of the time, completely honest. You know, when I'm not honest, I usually admit it almost immediately. If not, I'm usually going to admit it in like pretty quick. Cause I'm constantly in inventory and like prayer, um, I, I feel like I have a purpose today, you know, um, I've been granted all these roles in my life, um, by God. And I show up in those roles today and act how I'm supposed to act, you know, um, I'm a valuable employee today. You know, I just got two promotions in three months, which is crazy. You know, um, prior to getting sober, I'd never been promoted in anything, um, I, I actually just got fired a lot or like I just quit showing up, you know? Um, yeah, I'm reliable today. If, if you ask me to do something and, and I'm free and I tell you I'm going to do it, you can bet I'm going to show up, I'm going to be there and I'm going to do it. 
you know, um, I'm able to be present in my relationships today. Um, whether it's a romantic relationship, my friendships, my, my family relationships, you know what I mean? They trust me today that I'm allowed back in the house. Um, my mom just, I just, um, turned 30 a couple weeks ago and she sent me this birthday card and like the note she wrote on the back of it made me cry because like my mom had the nicest things to say about me um which isn't how it used to be you know um but I think the biggest thing that I'm grateful for as a result of like this entire process is the fact that I am at peace and I am free today so long as I maintain my connection with my higher power right? And continue growing along spiritual lines. Um, I can exist in this external world where like, you know, is nuts. Like people are going to wrong me. Um, people are going to piss me off. Things aren't going to go well because life like is just really lifey, you know? Um, and I'm okay. I don't react to it. Like I used to react, you know, it doesn't like internally. I just know that like, I'm going to be okay. Cause God's got me, you know? Um, and like, I hope that you guys get the opportunity to experience that because I would not trade that single thing in for anything, you know? Um, I existed in this world for so long, just like being uncomfortable, being discontented, being terrified, like using all these external things to try to feel better internally. I don't have to do that anymore. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for that. Um, so if you guys are new, I don't know. I just really hope, I hope you're hopeless because that, really that's what it takes. You know, if you're not hopeless, you're not going to do this. If I wasn't hopeless, I wasn't going to do this. Well, I'm not going to say you're not going to do this. You're most likely not going to do this. Um, but, you know, I had to come in here with all other options exhausted and like no other, like no other options in order to do this thing. You know, I steered clear of this thing for years before I was finally willing to give it a shot. Um, so I hope you're hopeless, you know, and I hope you find a sponsor who's willing to sit down and go through the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous with you um, because that's where our solution is. And that's what we work out of. Um, and yeah, I just hope you find at least a little bit of what I've found here. Um, because I can promise you that like, so long as you do this thing as it is directly outlined in the big book, not like some weird thing that your sponsor tells you to do that's not in the book, um, your life is going to change. You know, um, it's still going to be hard, but you're going to be able to deal with it and it's going to change. And it's really beautiful and it's a magical process. And I'm just so glad I'm here for it. Uh, it is that all the time I have? Did I end early? All right, I can keep going. Let's see. All right, all right. My whole thing's on 749. Let's see. What do I want to talk about? Um, I don't know. I guess I'll give you guys a little check-in of like what my current week has looked like, right? Because um, I don't want to, you know, give you guys... <clears throat> the assumption that like, I do this thing perfectly, right? Every day, cause I don't, um, I'm still a human. I make mistakes. Um, and 
I learned from them fairly quickly today. Um, but you know, like I said, I just got a promotion at work and um, I'm willingly and awareingly walking into an absolute shit show that they chose me to fix, which is crazy. Like, I don't know why they think I can fix it. Um, but so, you know, I've kind of been in between, um, I'm, I'm like in between these positions. I have a current caseload that I'm trying to hand off. I'm going to this new caseload where like nobody knows what's going on. Um, and I'm extremely overwhelmed, right? I will be honest with you for the last two days, I have not woken up early enough to pray and meditate and connect to God. Um, I have, however, completed a third step prayer before walking out the door. I at least did that. Um, and then, you know, maintained conscious contact to the best of my ability throughout the day. Um, but I'm nuts. You know what I mean? Like I've been super anxious. Um, I'm snapping, I'm snapping on my significant other when he's clearly done nothing wrong. Right. Um, I've denied all phone calls from my family. Like I'm just unable to be present. You know what I mean? And I'm unable to show up in all these roles that spirit has assigned me. Um, because I'm focused on like my work problem. You know what I mean? Um, and so, you know, I, like I said, I don't do this thing per uh, perfectly, but thank God, you know, like I said, when, um, I'm committed to do something, you can guarantee I'm going to show up and thank God you asked me to speak tonight, you know, cause I haven't been in a, to a meeting in, um, about a week and a half. I had family in town, um, last weekend. So, okay. It's been about a week. Um, and thank God Eric asked me to speak, you know, and I showed up here tonight because what it forced me to do was um, it forced me to end work early today, which I clearly needed a break from. It forced me to connect to spirit before I ever walked in here. Um, and I had a little bit of free time prior to uh, coming here where I started working on my step work. You know, um, I'm going through my steps again and I'm on the fourth step. And just a little piece about that. Um, if you guys think that you come in here and you only work your steps once, you can totally do that. Um, I don't know. For me, in the fourth step in particular, it talks about it being a personal house cleaning. If you only clean your house once, uh, uh, your house is probably really gross and dirty, <laughs> right? Like we accumulate like dust and dirt over time even though, you know, I'm recovered, I still accumulate some things over time that I need to be cleared of. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm going through my steps again. And that finally, you know, it gave me a moment to sit down and do some of that today. You know what I mean? Um, and I feel so much better. Like I feel so much better. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's where I'm at life's great okay sorry I feel like that pressure from from last week um but yeah I don't know I hope you give you guys give this thing a shot if not I mean I hope at least a little seeds planted um so you come back maybe after you get a little more miserable thanks for letting me share